What's up, guys, and welcome to Gaming History 101, the Retro Video Games Podcast. I am one of your hosts. My name is Fred Rojas, and joining me today, and I am very pleased to announce this, uh, is no longer a special guest. It's actually a official co-host. I'd like to, for the record, bring out the one, the only, the fantastic Jam Elias. How are you doing, sir? Oh, I'm doing very good, Fred. And I'm, I'm going to be slightly disappointed, though, not to have those awesome instructions each time, though, from being the oh, temporary I'll keep co-host. doing those. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, no. <laughs> yeah, no, we should, we throw you in the shit show now. Like, yeah, you're just, you're just no big deal. Um, no, but, uh, but, uh, I definitely have always been looking for a partner in crime. Uh, well, I love having guests and I love having, um, single shows. Once you get in sync with somebody and, and you kind of can bounce off each other, it works very well. And Jam, you have been that yeah, somebody. Does. So. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Always good to be here. Well, thanks, man. Well, well, welcome. And as you guys have probably noticed on the site, he has been contributing as well. Uh, so far he is our resident Buffy the Vampire Slayer expert, <laughs> say, but I, yeah. I've heard a rumor that you play other games. <laughs> I do, apparently, I do. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> I'm not helping my defence though, Fred, because recently I actually acquired the um, Game Boy Advance game of Buffy as well. So. Oh, you did! And who <laughs> paid did. you to take that off their hands? <laughs> I well, I found it was on eBay for a really cheap price, literally like a pe- like a penny to start, and I didn't think I'd win it, and I did win it, and I thought, oh, okay, here we go. Yeah, <laughs> so we're it, yeah. But obviously, this isn't the Buffy podcast anymore. You can listen to that from last week. So. <laughs> exactly. Oh, uh, and TC is saying in the chat, you mean temp co-host like how VGO treats Matt. No, no, we respect and <laughs> no, want Jam, uh, Jam Elias here. So, no. <laughs> but, oh, <poor> uh, <laughs> no, yeah, they, they want him there. It's just John will never admit that, which I respect. He's, 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 if, if nothing else, as I've always said, he is consistent. Um, but, uh, Matt has the patience of a saint for putting up with that as well. He does! I've met Matt! Matt does have the patience of a saint. But, uh, Matt and I, the first second I met him, he spilled an entire glass of ice water on the crotch of my jeans. And jeans do not dry quickly. But we were in an Irish pub, so he bought me a shot, and, you know, they were serving 9% alcohol by volume pumpkin beer. So, that and some nice, you know, malt vinegar fish and chips, and we were boys again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a good way to make up for it. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, anyway, um, so yes, so Jam, welcome officially as an ongoing, uh, not only contributor to Gaming History 101, uh, but uh, co-host to the podcast. It's great to have you on board. Um, I also want to point out that uh, um, I, a couple of things about the site, uh, which a couple of you were talking about in the chat, so thank you, chatters, which, by the way, I don't plug this enough, and I need to do it every show right at the top of the show, so just in case you yeah. want to come talk to us on the rush and be part of the conversation and get your conversation points into the show, you should come join us over at allgames.com, 7 p.m. Eastern, every Tuesday night. We're not infringing on, from my understanding, any real TV shows or anything. There's really little reason for you to not just have dinner and then come join us. Um, 
And uh, you can get into the live chat, get to know all of us, and uh, bullshit. Plus, and I can't stress this enough, we cannot keep up with the chat. So there are some amazing conversations that have gone on week after week uh, that uh, that never make it into the show. And I know a lot of people say that, and uh, it just ha- it, it just happens to be completely true for our show. Um, so uh, lots of topics about that. Um, also, we've got a, uh, that guy I talked about last week, Drew. He uh, he wanted to come on as a contributor, and I've looked at some of his work, and I'm very pleased with what I see. So his first contribution should be coming along shortly. Uh, I've just been backed up with a lot of stuff I'm doing yeah. um, in my both my personal and, and GH101 life. So as soon as I can get that edited up and on the site and get him set up as a contributor, we're good to go. And then we should start seeing some stuff from him. What I like about him is he's more into, like, the history of kind of games and amusement and how they migrated into video games, which I think is a cool perspective. So, and that's mm, what his, yeah. uh, that's what his, uh, his, his first article's about, uh, which I don't believe in any way, shape, or form he wrote for here, but he's more than willing <laughs> to contribute to the site. So. Um, also, I've been posting retro reviews, if you guys haven't seen. What is a retro review? Basically, it's a review I wrote back when the game was new, and then you can read it and, and laugh about kind of some of the things I'm saying, you know? Like, never before has a has the World <laughs> War II shooter switched to modern day with modern day weapons, you know? Uh, and that is in reference to my Call of Duty uh, or Modern Warfare <laughs> Review. It's a good review as well. So. <laughs> well there you go. Um, but uh, so I'm posting some of those as I migrate them over from my uh, my original. Uh, uh, I believe that was my first job online, which was a senior editor at uh, that gaming site. So uh, I know the owner there, and he gave me permission to migrate those over uh, because, like uh, Gaming History 101, uh, we own those articles. So they were on that gaming site, but they were on uh, he he didn't place any ownership over them. Um, and last but not least, so some people are talking about donations and whatnot. I'm still toying with a couple of ideas and Jam and I have yet to talk about it. Um, <laughs> I will say I'm thinking the Amazon tip jar may be the best, but there might be something with, uh, uh, with, uh, PayPal as well. It all kind of tethers to the same place. Um, and just so you guys know, it's, it's mostly going to be, uh, the major stuff I'm looking to do is, um, uh, Basically, buy a couple of domains so that GH101 and things like that uh, also go to Gaming History 101. Uh, I want to remove the uh, the WordPress ads that most of you, if you're regular visitors to the site, probably don't see anymore. But if you're a new user, there's a little box at the bottom of some uh, some of them, uh, and that's a WordPress thing. I also need to figure out WordPress's rules. I don't think donations they care about. It's only if I'm trying to do business stuff. And then, of course, i got to find ways to reward you guys. So I'll definitely be uh, setting up something like that. And then we may be able to do some more crazy stuff. Um, like, uh, I, I don't think we'll ever get here, Jam, but if we get enough donations, we can fly your ass from Europe over to America, um, and, uh, you can go, we can go to like the Portra- Portland Retro Gaming Expo or the Midwest Gaming Classic or something, wherever our listeners are, wherever the most of you are, we'll come and join you guys there. Maybe we'll do packs and we'll just take over a Hyatt, you know, banquet hall and we'll serve bad pizza and have like a pony keg in there or something. We'll do something <laughs> stupid. But uh, there are plans. What? <laughs> exactly. Hey, you got real quiet on me just a second ago. Oh, sorry. Is that better? No. Somehow you got quiet. 
Unless I did something, but I don't think I did something. No. Let me just double. Well, just carry on. I'll just I'll look into it. So. Okay. Um. Well, before we go into it, but anyway, so that's going on. I will figure it out, but I do thank you guys for asking, and we will do, we will get some of that stuff set up. Also, the podcast is probably the least cheap part of it. Um, that does have a, uh, an ongoing monthly cost, but I don't mind eating it because that is, after all, this is my pet project, but anyway, um, so what is the topic? We are going to be talking about a lot of regular stuff, but, uh, the topic tonight is actually going to be Gaming History X. So just in case you're a new listener, Gaming History X is very similar to American History X, where we discuss current events, but we use the history and the past for perspective. So, um... That's what we're going to be talking about. And we're going to be talking about the modern day consoles. So the Vita, the 3DS, the Wii U, the PlayStation 4, and the Xbox One. We are going to be delving into all of these and uh, talking them around. Yes, Tiger Claw is making fun of the Portland thing. Yeah, maybe, maybe we should, <laughs> we should take you to LA or something. <laughs> but, alright, Jim, let's see here. Is that level Do I hear me pop down? No, but I'm cranking you up. Here, uh, just say hello, hello, or something. Hello, hello. Uh, I am on the air. So. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Somehow, you got real quiet on me. Hmm. I don't know what's going on with that. Let's see audio settings. Here we go. You're experiencing technical difficulties. <laughs> well, there we go. Wait, I think you got louder again. Oh. That Was that it? Yeah, I think that was. Try again. Uh, well, yeah, well, we maybe there we, we are not experiencing technical difficulties. Now, okay. But... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Somehow it worked itself out. It, it saw me into the audio settings, and it was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> this is great live radio. So like... I know, right? Right? Radio's <laughs> awesome. Um, but uh, anyway, but before we do any of that, uh, let's just do a little bit of catching up. So, uh, Mr. Yep. Jam, anything go on uh, other than the unfortunate um, acquirement of a Game Boy Advance game in your life this last week? <laughs> yeah, that. That was well in terms of gaming. That's probably the only, oh, I don't know, the only the only gaming thing I've um, acquired recently. Um, well, I guess I guess the, it's not really necessarily relevant, but I've been delving into a bit more of the NES Remix um, game, ah, which yes. just, you recommended to me and another guy recommended to me, and I thought I've got to pull the trigger on that, and I've given it another go, and really really enjoyed that. And um, anyone that hasn't already read well Fred's review of that on Game History One Hundred and One, definitely go check that out. Yeah, that's right. I did um, do a review. Yeah. Now. It's 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 because I I don't personally have a huge nostalgia for NES games because mm-hmm. uh, over here in um in in England I didn't um I didn't actually grow up in NES because the NES was retardedly expensive over here because of um, Nintendo's stupid distribution. Of- oh yes. So it's like that's why and you guys kind of need a PAL system. console, don't you? Yeah, yeah, you have to have the PAL version. Um, so that's why everyone had a master system or you know, obviously all the Mega Drive, which came later. Um, over the SNES as well. Um, so yeah, no, but I, I, I still had that, you know, it, it felt really great to play, go back and actually play some of those games on it, kind of with that little spin on it. Um, yeah. I really, really enjoyed that. And it's, I wouldn't say it's, I wouldn't say it's a reason because my friend was asking me, uh, a different friend, um, he asked me, should, should I buy a Wii U just for this? No, probably no, not. Yeah, <laughs> it's not a system that. seller. But, no. but it's, if you have a Wii U, you probably should have it, basically. And then, yeah, it was like that, Earthbound. There's a couple others you just get right away. <laughs> Apparently, trying to is fantastic, but it worked just fine for me free on PlayStation Plus like a year ago. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But, uh, 
Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, I like NES remakes. It's it's, it's definitely good in short doses, um, but it's interesting when you start tallying up how long you've been playing them because those challenges take a while, especially if you're not used to some of them. Oh, or yeah. If you're yeah. like me and you incessantly try to get three stars until eh, probably about halfway through it, I was like, shit, I can't do this. I haven't quite got to that point yet. I'm still obsessive with the three stars. Oh, yeah, just good luck to you. Well, and I should point out, I saved, I'm, I'm that kid who saved the marshmallows till the end of his bowl of cereal. So I didn't do any of the remix levels, uh, until last. So. Ah, that's, yeah, that's smart. I remember that you're saying, well, you used that saying for Resident Evil 6, I remember that. I took that advice. With that oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I still haven't played Resident Evil 6. <laughs> it's, it's really co- quite a shame. I'm now like pushing for it and because that Resident Evil 2 or 4 HD remake came out on PC, like the, no, for reals, this is the last time we're gonna remake it. Um, when that came out on PC, I was like, okay, well now I've got an excuse to play that. And I keep, you know, I've been telling you, I've been listening, re-listening to, um, uh, I've been re-listening to, Oh yes, and TC saying, "Are we looking forward to NES Remix 2? Absolutely, especially oh, yeah, yeah, because definitely. NES Remix 2, aside from everything else, uh, the library of games they selected are fantastic. Um, yeah. It's all that '87 stuff: uh, Mario 2 and 3, Lost Levels, uh, Mike Tyson's Punch Out, or I think they're using just regular Punch Out. Yeah, it's regular. Yeah. And you know, one of the challenges is going to be to knock out Mr. Dream. God. Oh, yep. that's going to be impossible. <laughs> um, and, uh, and, and Zelda 2, which, uh, yeah, I, one of the few games from my childhood I wasn't able to beat, and I actually did beat a couple years ago. So. Excellent. Uh, but last but not least, the interesting thing they're adding into Remix 2 is Super Luigi Brothers, where you play as Luigi and you run from right to left backwards through the entire campaign of Super Mario Brothers. Mm. That's free with the game. So that's pretty freaking crazy. Uh, so we'll see how that plays out, but, uh, anyway, um, but, uh, oh shit, I'm, I'm, I'm having a senior moment right now. I forgot what I was talking <laughs> about before I switched over. Um, well, we're, we're on Resident, for some reason we're on Resident Evil, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> I've been listening to, uh, Giant Bombcast from it, the beginning. Yeah. No yeah. And I'm, I'm right now about mid 2009 and they were talking about Resident Evil 5 at the beginning of the 2009 podcast and how good they really liked it. It's, it's funny how time removes your memories of certain things. And I remember playing the shit out of RE5 when I, when it came out. I had a co-op yes. partner, you know, and so I played through it like a bunch of times. And uh, I, I kind of want to go back to it. I replayed it with move controls when that oh, really? happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but I've never played um, – but I never got to the DLC part, and I never played – oh, yeah, Metroid is another one. Thank you, Tiger Cloth. That's, a, that's another great one yeah. for the challenges. But that one might have me freaking beating uh, – I think Ridley was the one that drove me nuts. I know what they both look like, but I forget how they play. Anyway, um, but uh, – but yeah, I really liked RE5, and I remember in hindsight we were like, "It's not that good." But yeah, you but, know, actually, yeah. I think that game is better than we gave it credit for. I don't know. I'll have to go back through it and see what it's like. But I think I want to just run through it with a Shiva AI and play that DLC. I heard one of the DLCs was pretty good. It goes back to the mansion from the first game. So. Yeah, is it Lost in Nightmares or something? I think it's, yes, I can't, yes, yeah. So yeah, I need I to I play that AVA. I need to see that too. Yeah, and I got the gold edition, of course, because of the the, yes, the dildo yes. controllers. But actually, I think it's a PlayStation, uh, PlayStation Plus if you've been banking your games. So I think it's one of them. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, but, uh, but yeah. Anyway, uh, so I need to go through those. Um, but uh, 
but yeah, I uh, it, it's interesting with Resident Evil uh, how how I still haven't gotten around to six. Um, and also, as you guys were, some of you were talking about, uh, I contemplated buying a uh, perfectly working Revolution X machine. That was uh, brilliant. From a guy <laughs> <So> locally <laughs> who only, he wanted 325 I got him down to 250 and then he found wow. a buyer for 325 that morning, uh-huh. and I wasn't sure how I was going to get that back. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't know how I was going to get it to the house. And I knew I was probably going to get into a divorce discussion with my wife. <laughs> and that was going to be yeah. tough to have, you know. And so, I, I, you know, it all just wasn't in the cards. And somebody was asking me, why did you want Revolution X so bad? Like, I've already done the video and played it on Saturday and talked about how shitty it is. I was like, true, but I envisioned, you know, you can just plug and play because it's all JAMA, you know, T2 and various other things. And believe it or not, those PCBs are not highly sought after and therefore very cheap. So yeah. <laughs> that was my goal, but unfortunately it uh, it didn't work out, so... That's a great find, though, just finding out on Craigslist anyways. <laughs> there is a lot of that around here. Lots of arcade collectors, because we all have basements, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. So, um, but yeah, I'm still continuing my search. What I really want right now is I need to give away my Pit Fighter cabinet. So if you guys are in the Kansas City area and you want a Pit Fighter cabinet for free, you just need to come pick it up. Um, <laughs> and actually, for probably like... Yeah, and it's a good one. It's got all three controllers. The Pit Fighter PCB works great. And it's got a 25-inch monitor that works perfectly. So I can't always play it on MAME except my MAME cab broke. So, uh, so I decided that now uh, my new arcade cabinet is going to be a Street Fighter II Tournament Edition. That's what I want uh, as my, my cabinet, and then I will turn it into a MAME cab as well. So it's going to swap between both games. Um. But uh, anyway, uh, so other than that, uh, I guess we'll talk about some some retro news. So, um, Jam, do you have those pulled up? I've got, yeah, I've got, I've got my ones pulled up. Yeah, so we'll, we'll do yours first, and then I've got a couple more to add on to the list. But for now, why don't we go full steam ahead with yours? Sure. Uh, so uh, the first one I pulled up was um, a Shaq Fu, A Legend Reborn, a sequel that nobody asked for. <laughs> Um, which is hit Indiegogo, just to prove that um, game developers will try and bring back any game, literally, off Kickstarter or, or, or Indiegogo for these crowdfunding things. Oh, um, uh, yeah. It's, I, I just, I mean, I looked, I saw this happening, I thought it was a joke, because there was that thing in the news a while ago where someone interviewed Shaquille O'Neal, I think, and said, when mm-hmm. Jack Fu started coming, he actually sort of hinted that it was, <laughs> and here we are. Mm-hmm. So... Um, <laughs> There is a trailer. You can see it. it's on Indiegogo. If, you, if anyone on the chat wants to check it out, I might actually post it in the chat as well for anyone who wants to see it. Um, yeah, I've, I actually own this game on the Mega Drive over here, and um, it's it, you just I just don't understand why this because it reminds me because I don't know if you remember Fred. They tried to also do a Kickstarter for Boogerman, and they also did yes. one for General Chaos and one for recently football. Okay, some of those games are not too bad, but Boogerman, I thought. Was no, no, you're right on all of them. Fuck. Yeah, I just, <laughs> no, I don't. I all of them fails. None yeah. of them. None of them got um, funded. And I just for, for the right for, for the same reasons that this is not going to get funded. It's just like you know, there's nobody's going to pay. And they, I think they want some astronomical amount for it as well. It's like four hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars or something, um, which is not going to be funded. Yeah. Well, you know, know, that's how much it's going to cost to have Shaq do, like, the animation and the yeah. opening uh, screen. So. Although, say, that, I think one of the um, perks, I think it, I think it's, like, the really high ones. He'll leave, like, a... I think you can... Say you can have dinner with him or something. <laughs> that better be... Because, uh, you know, for, for less than 10 grand, I could have uh, dinner with uh, KG and Afune 
uh, for Mighty yeah. Number no. Nine. They better uh, yeah. the, in Tokyo, <laughs> so they better <laughs> they better blow that away. Uh, but. but yeah, I, don't, I thought it was an interesting one because it is kind of retro. Because yeah, obviously, I, I know it's something that was covered in loads of loads. Of, at least when I was um, at least um, through my history of doing retro game stuff, uh, people have always brought up Sha- Shaq Fu. Was you know that all that game that is so bad. It's yeah, well. <laughs> yeah. You might not know this, man, but Shaq Fu fucking sucks. <laughs> it's a terrible game in every which way, shape, and form. <laughs> the funny story is, is this was purchased for me by my the game I own is was got is given to me by my uncle when I was a lot younger, um, and I remember when <laughs> he was like, "Dude, this is like the next Mortal Kombat, man." Shaq Fu, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, 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 no. I was just like, uh, right. I think there was one weekend where I played this and watched Kazam in the same weekend, and I think I just cried. Yeah, like, my how the mighty had fallen. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But... Uh, oh. So yeah, Shaq Fu, A Legend Reborn. I, I just love the title as well, A Legend Reborn, sort of implying that there's something. Yeah, well, something yeah, so at least, the, at least they're tongue-in-cheek about it, but yeah. just because you're tongue-in-cheek doesn't mean that you're gonna make your goal. <laughs> they also say at the end of the trailer, this time we'll get it right. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen oh, that oh, my bad. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> they like, are implying that. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that's unfortunate. <laughs> but uh, uh, but that's that. Yeah. So, uh, do you want me to see the next one, or do you want to for one? Or? Unless you want to go back and forth, I'm cool either way. Ah, uh, don't mind. Um, yeah, sure. I'll be. I'll, I'll, I can go for. I mean, how many? How many have you got? Have you got? Uh, uh, four or five. Oh yeah, you get you get next then. Yeah. You. All right. Uh, one that's uh, it's kind of it's kind of uh, backdated stuff. But do you know the uh, survival horror series Obscure? Yeah, I do. The obscure so, games? <laughs> yeah, I, I think I own all of them, actually. Oh, well, the, good for you. Apart from the Xbox Live, but yeah, that one that they changed the name of. I don't know what it's called. Oh, um, yeah. I know what you're talking about. We we talked about it on, the previous, or on one of the previous shows. Uh, yeah, I haven't played that one, but yes, I know it was technically Obscure 3, or it was going to be, and then they renamed it. Um, I have not played that one, but I do have Obscure 2 on Wii and PSP, <laughs> which yeah, tells you just the, the tough stuff Ignition went through to publish that game. <laughs> uh, and then I have the original on Xbox One. OG Xbox, I shouldn't say Xbox One. Uh, but, uh, those are now on Steam. Uh, and that's, that's pretty cool. useful because the original Obscure... Hard to find, not very PC compatible, and it does not like new operating systems or widescreen. And um, it doesn't have, like, controller support, which I think is kind of necessary since it did start life and was developed as a, you know, a console game first and foremost. Um, and uh, on the, I don't think it was even on the PlayStation 2, but it might have been. On the PlayStation 2, if it was, yeah, and on the Xbox, it it's like 30 40 bucks. Like, it's pretty expensive. Um, I think they want nine ninety nine for the original Obscure and six ninety nine for Obscure Two, and both of these have been patched for controller support and widescreen, so they kind of support Windows Seven right out the box. Uh, so you can go pick those up now. Um, how obscure is this game? But yeah, so I saw that on the Steam store and I was like, huh, that's pretty cool. Obscure. 
Uh, both games were pretty good. The first one was much better, though. Uh, it was, uh, you know, uh, for those that don't know what it's about, uh, the topic's basically the same, but it's it, it's kind of like a demonic version of American Pie. Uh, you're just basically a bunch of teenagers trapped in a high school. Crazy shit and, and, and demons and stuff are attacking and monsters, and you have to deal with it. Uh, but it, it had a real weird switch up of gameplay. Sometimes you'd have to run and you'd be defenseless. Sometimes you'd have to do puzzles and stuff like that. And then there was obviously fighting and great scale for the boss battles. The sequel switches it up a little bit because now you're on a college campus. So the gang's all in college and <laughs> <Yep>. the crazy <laughs> shit goes down again. <laughs> and, but this time they do cool stuff like you get chased out into the woods and there's a chainsaw killer out there. They do some really cool ideas in both of them. Uh, I do feel that it was probably better implemented on the original, but maybe that would change if I played it with something other than a Wii remote. Huh. Yeah, yeah. The PSP was version like, wasn't too solid either, though. I love the, um, I don't know if you remember, I love the banter between the characters, especially the second one in the college one, where you have, like, the yeah. jock talking with the, you know, the, the, the girl, and he's, like, making sexual innuendos. At yes, there <laughs> is, there is, yeah, it, it's definitely tongue-in-cheek, and there's definitely some sex. It, it felt like the next generation of Ill Bleed, and I think I said that in... If you haven't been listening the whole time, way back when I did an a obscure survival horror podcast. And no, it wasn't just about obscure, but obscure was one of the games oh, yeah. I referred to. And um and and I talked about that where it really felt like the next iteration of Ill Bleed, like the next generation of it. So I, I dig it. I dig it. It's uh it's B horror but like intentional B horror. Yeah. So Yeah, they and the name of the um, the name of the new one, the reboot or the Xbox Live version, was called Final Exam. Final Exam, that's right. I'd love if they would release that. You know what? Actually, uh, continue on to the next story. I'm going to check if that's on Steam. It would make sense yeah. they would do that. So, okay. <clears> so <throat> the next story that I've got is um, one that people I don't know if people are very familiar with. This is a project that was originally um, set out for the Mega Drive, a game called Pierce Solar. It's like a RPG game, but it was released um, in physical form for the Genesis and the Mega Drive, and it was sold um, obviously way post-release uh, by some Euro- I think it was a European company, uh, Watermelon Studios. But and they- oh, sorry to interrupt. Wouldn't you know? Final Exam did just hit Steam. It did. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's uh, nine ninety nine. It looks like so for twenty twenty seven bucks, you can have the trilogy. That's not too shabby. Although I didn't care for Final Exam all that much. Um, it was more of a four person co op. It kind of felt a little like, um, oh, what was it, uh, the Monster Madness Escape the Neighborhood, the early 360 PS3 game, but anyway. Uh, so back to uh, the amazing Pure Solar. So yeah, well, they had a successful kick. This, well, so this is a successful Kickstarter campaign mm-hmm. uh, back in 2012. So this is this is a mm-hmm. long time ago, actually, for something like this. Um, but they got funded, and they're doing basically yeah. an HD version of the game that they've already made, basically. But this one is going to come out for... Pretty much everything is going to be the Wii U, the PlayStation 3, the 360, PS4, Xbone, the Ouya, of all things. So they yep. get a chip. That's one just for chip seller. So uh, <laughs> the the Mac, the PC, the Android, and also they're doing a physical release for the Dreamcast, which is pretty cool. Yes, they are. Uh, for, mm-hmm. you know, for, the, for the retro fans. Um, and that's coming out this April as well. So that's why that's quite relevant, because it's going to be hitting us quite soon. Well, it's actually coming out March 25th on most things. Uh, the oh, yeah. April is yeah. for Wii U. All right. Um, And they said, yeah, sorry. And they said, keep your eyes peeled for the Xbox One. I think that was a late edition. And uh, 3DS as well. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and 3DS, yeah. The. um that's not another another console they always like you know maybe sometime in the future we'll 
Now, um, do you are you very familiar with Pure Solar aside from what it is? Yeah, I've, I've seen gameplay footage of it. I've obviously I don't own a copy of the original because um, the price was just is crazy price. I do it. own a copy of the original. Really? I do, I do. It's one of, uh, it, I, I did that YouTube video where I show, like, some of the stuff in my collection, and that's one of them. That's my, my golden, uh, one. I opened it, so it's worth, like, half of what it used to be, but, uh, it had a very limited print run, and then it even had a very limited second print run, and I think it's, like, if you got, it's, like, 500 or more for sealed copies of the original. Uh, my open copy of the original is worth, like, 200 And then the second printing's worth, like, what, 25 bucks less than the first printing. Um, yeah, but it was an RPG that was made by a development company in 2006 and released for the Genesis. And then it was re-released. Genesis Mega Drive. The cart actually works on both systems. Um, and then yeah. uh, it was re-released uh, in a second printing in 2009. Now, uh, what I did was actually in 2009 when they re-released it, they released a, uh, interesting thing, which was, and this might have been in the original release, but I didn't buy it at the time. Cause the, the cart was only like 40 bucks. You just had to buy it in advance. And it's a 64 megabit cart. It's bigger than any other cart that ever came out on the Genesis. And, uh, it's really cool, man. It's got the plastic. It's got the big, bright, thick instruction manual and the cart. And then I was able to buy a, uh, disc. That has all uh, uh, an updated version of the soundtrack on it, which I'm sure is the soundtrack they use for HD. Uh, that you put in your Sega CD, and it boots the, it plays the games from the Sega CD or the music tracks from the Sega CD over the Genesis cart, which is very cool. Um, I've never played the game, <laughs> and I'm actually told <laughs> it's kind of a so-so RPG. But yeah, what okay. it does do is very cool, and and what it did do was a marvel on the. Uh, on the on the Genesis Mega Drive, uh, and uh, and then obviously the fact that it's coming out on the Dreamcast, uh, it's rightful home. That's how this all started. Was they decided yeah. to kickstart it because of the Dreamcast, and they realized logically that a fifty dollars Dreamcast release is not going to sell very many copies, and they're not going to be able to print very many copies. But if they go digital, at I think it's going to be fifteen twenty bucks a piece, and it'd be worth it easily for that. Um, Absolutely. You know you can you can do all kinds of crazy stuff. So. Uh, this is cool. I'm curious what people think about it. Uh, the pastiche of uh, owning it before everybody and being able to play it that way. Uh, not so cool. But they did, uh, you will see, one thing I do like about this is you've never really seen this in emulation. Because not only did the coders code some things that make it, uh, I don't think you can rip it from the cart. But if you were able to reverse engineer the ROM chip or something... Uh, they have some algorithm in there that fucks up with emulation anyway. And they also said that the emulation community doesn't want to touch it because you wouldn't want to be responsible for being the douchebags that prove that emulation is all about piracy, which is what they think would happen if this ever got dumped into the real world. So, so it's, it's a hard game. No one's ever really been able to play. And I don't think, again, I don't really care about the value, but people ask me like, well, are you going to get rid of your Genesis version and get some money for it? No, I don't think the value is really going to go anywhere. But more importantly, I like the fact that when I do play this, I will play it on the original 16 bit console and, uh, with the soundtrack. However, having said that, I did kickstart this and I do have a Dreamcast copy coming because I contributed 50 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, it's, it's an awesome game. Uh, or not an awesome game. I, I can't speak to the game, but it's an awesome uh, reverie 
for a yeah. game that uh, that was in development for six years, was in obscurity for six more, and then finally is seeing the light of day. So yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's amazing where it's come from as well, from such a small sort of project to now coming up. Into yeah, it. and I I haven't I, I have some information on the development of that. And, uh, yeah, and so maybe I'll do an article about that as it comes closer to release. It comes out March 25th, so it's actually quite around the corner. Um, and so maybe right before it comes out, I'll, I'll write a quick uh, write-up on the story of its development. Obviously, there's certain details. I'm not going to get an interview, so there's certain details I won't have. But just the interesting tale of how that came to pass. Uh, because, um, like everything, this did start off as like a, a homemade project with a couple of guys and one guy left and, uh, left the project crippled for a while. So that's kind of the cool story about it. But anyway. Look out for that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so next up, uh, and I think this is an interesting topic and it kind of piggybacks what we'll be talking about in a second. But, uh, so the leak, PlayStation Now games may cost five to six bucks and be rentals. Oh yeah, I remember, I remember seeing this one. I don't like any part of that. No, um, <laughs> that's just silly. I think you can buy I, cheaper than that anyway on the PlayStation Network. That's well, there's not- that. Yeah, and I think they're focusing on how do we get PS3 games onto the PS4. Um, and again, this is why I say it kind of piggybacks. We'll talk about this later on in the show when we're doing our debates. But what the fuck, guys? Like, it, it never ceases to amaze me how gamers go... Yeah, I'm going to totally sell all my shit off and then get the new console. And then they're like, yeah, there's nothing to play on this new console, and I really wish I hadn't gotten $14 for my Xbox 360 now. And it's like, aren't we trying a little too hard here? <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, we'll come on some play. I've, 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 I've had similar um, conversations with people over here with that. We're almost with, with better voices than that you put on. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Like, like you know, again, the way I think this works, and this is what I've always said, is I assumed it would probably start at fourteen ninety nine, maybe nine ninety nine a month for PlayStation Plus subscribers. But you you get this, and they unlock all the PS one games that are on the PSN, and all of the PS two games that are on PSN, and you start there. And maybe any of the PS three games you have digital, because it very much seems like that's where they're going to get. Their, their heart from. And maybe make all that the PlayStation Plus PS3 games that have ever come out for free. Start real basic there, get $15 a month, 10 bucks for PlayStation Plus people. But I've always said, if you don't offer a vast library, and you don't have it at a competitive price, which I still think is the Netflix price of $7.99, but maybe this $9.99, $14.99 model will work, you're not going to get people. Because streaming is a headache, and if you can do the, the basic you know the the actual home version uh with a with a disc in a in a drive you know i don't see why not and i don't like the concept of 5 bucks to rent so exactly what is this rental period uh, yeah just bizarre do tell <laughs> not only that the um, they, i don't know if you read the, the end the, i think if you read the same article as i did um it's not even going to be coming over to europe anytime soon cuz our internet speeds suck basically um and so <laughs> They said they said that it's, it's at best it's going to come in 2015. So, well, there you go. Well, and so, mine mine are pretty good, but yeah. it doesn't help that uh, they basically only prepared this for like New York and Boston's areas, and then L.A. and San Francisco's areas. And if you live anywhere else in the country, you know, like the other like. 88% of Americans, then you're kind of shit out of luck there too. Because um, I was pinging at 
or I was getting rates. Uh, when I've been playing Titanfall, I've been pinging usually below 30, most of the time around 15. So it's an extremely good ping rate. And I always like test my speeds, and they're about 15 down and about 10 up. And if I can't stream something smoothly from Kansas with a fiber optic connection that's getting those speeds, you guys don't have a chance to commercialize this. But yeah. I have that was with OnLive, not with Gaikai. So I guess we'll see. Exactly. I will tell you one thing that's indicative, though, Jam. Mm-hmm. Uh, I signed up for the beta program. And oh, just yeah. so people know, <laughs> I was a day one PlayStation Plus subscriber. I currently have a PlayStation Plus subscription that expires December 19th, 2018. Wow. I own, I own a PlayStation 3, a PlayStation 4, a PlayStation Portable, a PlayStation Vita, and I have digital content on all four. Additionally, I own about seven games purchased at full price on the Vita. I own a ton of PSP games purchased at full price throughout its terms. Uh, I have bought two games digitally on the PlayStation 4, full games, full retail releases, including Call of Duty Ghosts. And I have over 1,500 pieces of content for the PlayStation 3, and I almost fill a terabyte drive downloading all my content onto my PlayStation 3. I would have guessed that I'd probably be an ideal candidate for the beta program, and yet I was not brought in. And wow. I get into, like, everything Sony does. <laughs> and I'm betting my geographic location is exactly why I'm not part of that program. And that tells me that that infrastructure still doesn't exist. And that's unfortunate. But I guess time will uh, tell. That's just silly. But, yeah. yeah. Oh, what do you have to do to get on that base then? <laughs> um, live in California, turns out. Blowing <laughs> a Sony exec. Tried that. You know, but Kaz is real gentle. <laughs> Anyway, (laughs) and you know who I was working on next was Jack Tretton, but looks like that plan's shot. (laughs) Anyway, um, but uh, all right, what's what's your next story? Oh, well, let's uh, see. I'm not sure if this one, this will be a short one. Uh, So, yeah, so Pack Museum is out, PC, PS3, and Xbox 360. Uh, Yeah, does anyone care about Pac-Man still? Um, uh, yeah. Not at this price point. <laughs> no, yeah, no, that was, was, gonna, was actually, forty bucks for stuff that we can easily get for much cheaper. It just sounds yeah. so hard to sell me. <laughs> it would have made, I think, it would have made more sense. Okay, so basically, just very briefly, this the, the whole collection has uh, quite a few Pac-Man games. There's also more are coming later, but you have to pay for them as like DLC. Unless oh, yeah. if you buy it now, then you get Miss Pac-Man for free. Um, but you have to pay Shit, for it yeah. like for certain days. So, I mean, I'll quickly run down the list. So, basically, it includes uh, the original Pac-Man, Super Pac-Man, Pac-and-Pal, Pac-Land, Pac-Mania, Pac-Attack, Pac-Man Arrangement, Pac-Man Championship Edition, the version that everybody owns on every console, mm-hmm. and um, Pac-Man Bosch Battle Royale, which is the only thing on here that people are probably interested in, which is the um, it's the only game that's never been released to home console, which is basically the arcade game. Uh, the Japanese released... arcade game, yeah. Yeah, that's the one. It was released over here as well, actually, Fred. I've seen it at arcades over here. Um, Pac-Man Battle Oh, Battle. nice. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. You know, I actually played that at E3 2009. Oh, really? They were, they were releasing that. So I did get a chance to play it. The cabinet is awesome. It's lovely. It's, it's so nice. awesome <laughs> cabinet. Uh, but it must cost so much money. <laughs> so. So, yeah, yeah. You won't be seeing that in Craigslist anytime soon, I imagine. But it's super. 
Yeah, let me see if I can find that. But anyway, <laughs> that's a challenge for me. But yeah, but basically, so it's a crazy. To me, I think just to me, I think it would have made more sense if they probably just sold it. Well, you know, kind of like the was it the Capcom arcade cabinet thing they did where they just sold them all individually and you could just buy what you wanted. Uh, uh, there know. was that, but the other thing, because uh, they they could do that, but the the bigger problem is the the what is it Namco Museum Volume Two or whatever? Didn't yeah. it have a bunch of these? Yeah, no, basically, yeah, I should have, I should have, I should have um, specified actually. A lot of these have come out on various other collections. Like obviously, the Pac-Man Championship Edition that's come out on everything. That's already on 360, PS3, every, like, even 3DS. I think has that. Um, yeah. Pac- Pac-Man Arrangement was on PSP for the Namco Museum on that collection, and um, yes. Pack Attack is basically Mega Drive version of Pac-Man. Uh, and then most of the others, Pac-Land is that kind of, it was on various retro consoles, I think like the Commodore and stuff. Uh, that's mm-hmm. the 2D kind of Pac-Man where we've got the hat on and stuff. Um, I'll see if I can get, I'll put, put some footage of that and then get a picture in the chat or something. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, all the others are basically just uh, variations of the arcade game, aren't they? You know, Pac-Man, Super well, Pac-Man. You know what I thought would have been a cool idea and yeah. I probably would have bought this collection? Since everything is pretty much second screen... Uh, I'm all, the only thing I can think of is 360, PS3, and um, Xbox One don't have second screens. But I think at least with the 360 and one, you could use smart glass. You yeah. could very conceivably make uh, what is it, Pac-Man Junior or Baby Pac-Man, the one with the pinball. Yeah, that's right, Baby Pac-Man. Yeah, you could do that as a second screen now, and that's something I would buy. Baby yeah. Pac-Man was a uh, it was a combination Pac-Man video game on the top screen, and then it actually extended out into a pinball machine. And actually, Normie from Knuckleballer Radio and uh, Zombie Cast has a broken has, one in her house. Yeah, that's broken, but it's still cool. To have. Yeah, but that's yeah. so awesome. And so, yes, if they made a digital version of that, and I know purists would be like, oh, "It's not the same." <laughs> They're right; it's not. But they can't ship you a, a fucking pinball machine, so. I might pay 30 bucks for that, 30, 40 bucks for that, uh, just to be able to have it and be able to play it. And, and I'll play it for like, what, five bucks <laughs> or five bucks, five minutes and then go, okay, cool. It's now part of my collection. <laughs> Check that one off the list. <laughs> That's also that Pac-Man Versus, but they probably would never release that collection because it was a Nintendo, a GameCube game. Yeah, with the Game Boy Advance um, portables, mm-hmm. plugged them into the, you basically had... I think basically people use the Game Boy Advances to play as the, um, well, one, no, sorry, one person had the Game Boy Advance to play as Pac-Man, and everyone else used the screen on TV to play as the ghosts. Um, but I don't yes. think they'd ever release other collections because they're like, probably some Nintendo exclusive rights or something. So I know that I was know, a... That, that, that was a Nintendo exclusive, and they locked that stuff down in their contracts, but you're right. That would also be awesome. That'd be um, great for you. That would, that could, you know, that, but I know yeah. they probably won't release it, but you know, I don't know. Yes. <laughs> but it's, again, that's what I think they need to do, um, but unfortunately they're not. And, <laughs> and so, as it stands, I don't think this collection has much to. No, it's more of a sale thing. It's I kind of see. one of those things I'm like, how, why did they choose that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So. Alright, what are you gonna do? Yeah, but later. Maybe later down the road, if it goes cheap on Steam or something, then yeah, sure, pick it up. But... Yeah, yeah, that's how I got Sonic Generations. So, <laughs> yeah, that's actually not a bad game. I'm not a Sonic apologist by any means, but I definitely do like the Sonic games. And that one wasn't too shabby for six forty nine or whatever I paid paid for it. 
Uh, Fallen Guard says Pac-Man Champion Edition is, is, is made out of digitized cocaine. Was it, was it cocaineum? <laughs> oh, that's the film line there. Digitized so. cocaineum. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can give you that, but we already have it. Anyway. Um, well, in equally not very interesting news, um, RBI Baseball 14 is coming to the uh, Xbox 360, PS3, iOS, and Android on April 10th. Reason I bring this up? It is nothing similar to what we had and loved back then. So do not even concern yourself with this release. I can't see myself wanting this game at all. But I guess we'll see once it comes out. In other news, go buy RBI Baseball (laughs) on the NES because that game is fucking amazing. And did I tell you that there are ROM hacks out there now that update the roster every year for the... uh, the, uh, Yeah, the way they've done it actually is there's a website you go to and you pick the year you want and it generates a patch for RBI Baseball and then you are in charge of getting your own ROM and patching it in. Uh, But I think that's awesome. You know, and I have a, uh, I have a, a flash cart. And so I, I could just patch them all in. I wouldn't really care, but maybe some of the uh, some of the you know early '90s stuff when I was actively with baseball cards and know a lot of the players, you know, I could see myself wanting to do that. Um, so yeah, RBI Baseball, awesome. Rebe- the reboot, uh, I don't really see this being really anything, but we'll see, I guess. Sweets. <laughs> yep. So uh, you're up. Oh, I'll skip the... Uh, okay, yes, let's do it quickly. Um, so, yeah, um, some, somebody thought it'd be a great idea to do an emulator for the Game Boy on the Virtual Boy. Because Fuck, yeah, that is what that console was lacking. <laughs> <Yeah>. so, <laughs> so, here's my question. Because uh, I, I didn't get a chance to read the story, but did you get a chance... How does one emulate on the Virtual Boy? Well, I don't, the story doesn't really go into that much detail, unfortunately, but, um, from all I'm gathering here is essentially it's, it's basically, uh, well, the fish, the fish, the only fish I could even find on the internet was the PC emulated version, so it's just the red screen. Um, mm-hmm. I made a little joke there saying it's only a matter of time before the Oculus Rift support comes for the virtual boys. <laughs> there so, you go. <laughs> because, I mean, because they do Oculus Rift for everything else these days. Um, well, because, no. yeah, that virtual boy emulator does do, um, 3D. It does the red and yeah. blue. Like I, when I run it on my 36 inch, I watch it in 3D, and it it does a pretty good job of creating the feel of ver- the Virtual Boy. Not, is it? Yeah, not bad. Uh, yes, yeah, so I, I was just quickly looking for the article here. It does say here that it can be played in the original hardware using the Flash Boy. Um, so I guess that everything's programmed onto that. Um, plug it into the console, and then it, it I guess it projects the two images through the two eyes with the Game Boy game. But I don't think it's 3D or anything like that. I think it's all flat. So. Damn it. Yeah, see, if it <laughs> did that, I was about to put it in Fall of the Foot Clan and just, oh, <laughs> yeah, buddy. Gremlins 2? Holy shit. <laughs> and I picked those two terrible licensed games instead of, like, six golden coins or something to want to play. <laughs> but... Um, there, there is so much, so many gems in that library, uh, the Game Boy library. Donkey Kong ninety four, huh? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Virtual Boy. <laughs> I guess. Okay, I mean, I, I do. I make it sound really negative, but it's actually. I guess it has to be an achievement. Just somebody even went did all that work just to do that. Only That's- if it goes three D. 
Only if it goes 3D. Really? Otherwise, it's shit. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm just amazed people love the Virtual Boy because I've just never understood it personally. I've really not got it. <laughs> just... uh, I think that it's it's hip to say they like it, and everyone played it for like five minutes. I don't think people have actually had it as their console for a long period of time. I still stand by this. Portable consoles are only saved by their library, like their vast library, or kind of the clever ways in which they made portable gaming addictive while capturing the feel of consoles. I still think, and we'll talk about this with the Vita soon, but I still think that you don't want a console experience on your portable console, but you want something that kind of feels like it while still being its own thing that makes it easy and, and, and portable. And that's with like the Neo Geo Pocket. It's fighting games that are portable. And, like, no one's done it before or really well since, you know. And so that's why that's so popular. Um, and I, I, the, the Virtual Boy is not portable, for one. And for two, once the gimmick wears off and you do that for about 30 minutes and you will be nauseous after that time, the Virtual Boy's nothing really to be impressed with. I actually got rid of my Virtual Boy, so... Yes, I had one. <laughs> wow. yeah, I did, I did, and it didn't have a stand, so we had to suspend it by three like wires, uh, and kind of walk into it. Yeah. <laughs> so, but uh, um, well, mine real quick. This is my last one. Is um, so apparently there's an HD port of uh, Snatcher coming to the Dreamcast. Oh, yeah. They said developments a ways away. The screenshots look good, but uh, again, I'll only be impressed. Once uh, it actually comes out, I can tell you for a fact Konami and Kojima probably won't do anything to stop this, which is cool, uh, yeah. unless it gets a huge widespread. But it doesn't look like they're selling it, so they have no reason to stand up for the IP. Um, and uh, and Snatcher's a great game, and it's really hard to find. Um, so, And I'm going to be doing some footage of it soon because uh, April is Kojima month for me. I will be playing all his shit, including Snatcher and Police Knots. So watch for that. Will it have, do you know if it's going to have the like on support on it? That'd be weird. Uh, it could, right? It could. There is a light gun for it, even though in America we couldn't have it because of our school shootings. But there is a third-party <laughs> Mad Cats controller, because uh, I do have it for the Dreamcast. Um, yeah. And when I do the capturing, because I'm using it on an actual TV and not emulation, uh, it will have the light gun scenes in there. As I'm sure you've seen, Jam, I can take footage of light gun games. I've done it a couple of times. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah. I did footage of Duck Hunt just to prove I could. <laughs> And Hogan's Alley, I think I also did. But I also did, like, House of the Dead or something. Um, I know I did a couple of other games, so. Oh, and I did the terrible Biohazard Gun Survivor. That was it. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Very wrong. Yeah. <laughs> People were like, Jesus, you paid money for that? <laughs> yeah, I did, and I'll do it again, too. I love Resident Evil. But, uh, anyway. So, anyway. <laughs> and apparently Hideo means great man. Oh, really? Thank you for it. Okay. Uh, you got anything else? Uh, well, real quick, last one. Uh, so, well, we, we briefly mentioned uh, Keiji Nifune earlier, actually, um, through you know, Mighty Number no. 9. Well, I found this story really interesting oh, yeah. because he's releasing a game. Um, uh, what's it called? Azura Striker. I, got, I just got the Gumball part of it. It's yeah, basically Azura Striking. Yeah, anyway. It's, Jap- it's a Japanese game, but it's, it might head over west. I don't know if, I, if that's been confirmed yet. Um, so it's a 2D side scroller that looks, looks very similar to kind of like, you know, well, the Mega Man feel as he's all well known for. <laughs> a lot of people call it like, looks like. But what I find really interesting about this story is it's coming out before, you know, Mighty Number no. 9 does. And it's, it's kind of fascinating, isn't it? Because, you know, they went through all that massive Kickstarter and then there's this, this game just comes from nowhere. <laughs> and it's just sort of, 
Yeah, and I will tell you, though, uh, localization, I think it's going to have the same release date across the board. And so localization is a major part of that. They're releasing to all the territories at once. And uh, 8.4 kind of talks about it. 8.4 is a translation company um, that has a great podcast about Japanese gaming uh, every uh, two weeks or so. Uh, it's a great show, and actually, this week was uh, all about Dark Souls. They talked Dark Souls for like three hours, so uh, uh, maybe it was only like two hours. But anyway, um, and uh, and uh, they they're the ones localizing it. They do great work. Uh, they localize most recently, like Dragon's Dogma and various other games. They do a lot of games. They did Near. Uh, they they're a great localization company uh, from a bunch of old one uppers, actually, like Mark McDonald and. Um, they were talking about the mass undertaking that it is because you not only are translating, but you have to regionalize all the, you know, all the different things there. So I'm guessing that may have something to do with it. Also, they've got to certify on all the consoles at once. They got to certify on Wii U. They got to certify on Sony and, and Xbox and then get release dates. So I think that's what's bogging them down more. And these quick projects in Japan can usually, you know, kind of tip out real fast. So I think that's what that is. Yeah, it's, yeah it's, it's coming for the 3DS as well. It's, you know, again, a 2D little shooter. It looks pretty cool from the... Um, is that coming? Yeah, but that's only Japan for right now, right? Yeah, yeah, only for Japan. So it's just Yeah, Japan. so I think that, that may help it a little bit, yeah. is that you can worry about the regionalization or the localization uh, later. So. But, uh, all right. Well, you ready to talk uh, modern games? Uh, since yep. we've, we don't have too much time, but I'm going to go long on VGO. <laughs> Anyway, uh, not too long. Um, but, all right, let's talk modern games. And we're going to have to do broad strokes, but that's okay because that's kind of what I wanted to do. But let's talk about, um, you know, kind of the state of consoles right now. And what better place to start than the PlayStation Vita, the console that makes so much sense on face value. And yet, it's performing okay. Yeah, um, yeah. One thing that's interesting about the Vita, I think I should point out right off the bat, is uh, it, it did seem to have a lot of bells and whistles and gimmicks, and they've all kind of been used kind of in the right way and not to the detriment of development. I will give it that. Mm. Um, and it, software tends to sell well on that console. You know, kind of the trick to console manufacturing is that software sells well so that everybody gets rich the third party people do and then so does the person releasing the manu- the hardware and so i do think to to its credit the the attachment rate for vita is amazing and it's mostly digital which means you're sharing very little with your big box retailers plus um the the vita is a massive um, well it's one of the first consoles where digital distribution is huge on it you know like recently yeah. they said over fit was it, it's about 50 percent of sales are um, digital sales right right that yeah that's exactly my point is that a lot of people are buying directly from you so you don't have to share any of the middleman costs or the manufacturing costs i think it was super smart i remember we used to bitch about this right when the console came out i bought you know golden abyss day one and i opened it up and i'm like there's just a card in here there's nothing else <laughs> yep. that was so smart right because then i didn't care about buying digital. Yeah. You know, the market on the used front is not very lucrative. Very few people want to trade them in. Um, the carts are cumbersome to swap out. You almost think they did it on purpose, and I'm not completely convinced they didn't. <laughs> yeah, no, I'd agree, definitely. I mean, I, 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 think I've got, I think I've got about four physical copies. I'm, yeah, no, no, probably about right, actually, and then everything else is just digital. 
and all of those copies. I think I think one of them has like a little manualish bit in it, but it's only to tell you the controls. That's it. Um, uh, my only one is Persona Four Golden, uh, and it just sits in my console at all times, just in case you know it hits me right. <laughs> you still haven't played it. <laughs> so, yeah. Right, that is correct. I still have not started it. I should point that out. But, but it's there. <laughs> so, um, but the Vita did give us console experiences, dual, uh, dual uh, twin oh. sticks, you know, for for shooters. And uh, man, isn't that known as the shooter console? Yep, everyone's playing the Vita for shooters. Oh yeah, no. Nobody wants first-person shooters. I heard Mercenaries was pretty cool. I picked it up, but I haven't played it yet. Um, but, you know, I bought a hard drive for my Vita and then downloaded the 40-gig file and, and finally booted it up one day. All kidding aside, it's only three gigs. But, just, yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, I, again, I, I, I think people thought it was going to be shooter yeah. world, right, and it was going to be the new home for Call of Duty. Neither one of those are the case. <laughs> uh, I think there's also that. There's like a resistance game as well. I think that was yes, made by the same shitty developer. Really? Yes. Yes. Resistance, Burning Skies. I think it was Burning Skies and Call of Duty. What was it? Covert Ops. Declassified. There we go. Yeah, they were. They were both made by the same developer, and that developer. Uh, I don't believe is in business anymore. If they are, actually, I will get that information in one second. But uh, anyway, um, but what it has definitely become known for is uh, JRPGs. Yeah, they are finding a strong new home. We can thank them for uh, Celsida and things like that. Um, but I don't know. Do you have a Vita? I do. Yeah, no, I got one. Absolutely. I think it's very competitively priced at two hundred fifty bucks. Um, I think the new one's yeah. even two hundred, right? <laughs> I got mine for only a hundred pounds, uh, British pounds anyway. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what that be. It's, I got it really, really cheap. Um, uh, in America, that would be three thousand dollars. Yes, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, Given yeah. how our economy is doing right now, no, uh, no, it'd probably be a hundred pound is probably roughly what a hundred and thirty bucks. Something like that, I don't so, know. Yeah, but, something like that. But yeah, no, I, I really like the Vita personally. I mean, it's, I, it's, I can see why people don't like jump on it and everything because I guess it's, it's. Um, it doesn't quite have, I guess, because I think because everyone, it's, it's a bit like that argument, which we might come on to a bit later, that everyone, because people have iPads or their iPhones, people are just using that as their more portable thing. And only really, the, well, it's really funny, isn't it? Because isn't the Vita really designed for hardcore gamers? Yeah, hardcore gamers aren't buying. So. Yeah, and, and I'll come to that in, in a second, but uh, I, I still think that that mobile gaming is going to dominate argument can't be made anymore because of the 3DS's success. Well, yeah, absolutely, actually. That, that's a very good point. Yeah, because the 3DS is doing very well. I don't know. I mean, maybe. I don't I really don't know. Because the, the PSP um, also had this sort of really difficult time. Because that had some re- really good games on it, too. And that never seemed to be able to kind of establish itself um, mm-hmm. on the market anyway. Um, I think if you have PlayStation Plus, it's pretty it's it's definitely worth having because of just the fact you just get free games on it um really right um but no, oh I'd... by the way just so you know um yep. the the game company that made both of those games is nihilistic which <laughs> is a fucking perfect title um but resistance burning skies and then call of duty black ops right after that they became ready for this instigate games <laughs> <laughs> lowercase n 
capital S T I G A T E, Instigate Games, and uh, and they now make mobile games, which is perfect. These guys were meant to make free to play titles, but uh, anyway, um, I. So you tell me, I think the biggest problem the Vita has is that it literally made console experiences yeah. portable. Probably. And we yeah. didn't, we got it, and we suddenly were like, shit, I didn't want that. Yeah, because, and it's the same, because we just play on the console, you know. Um... Yes, I think the reality is, is that many people, or most people, well, I don't know, I actually truly play my games portably. But a lot of guys, like on my other show, the B Team, you know, a lot of those guys beat Zelda, you know, Link Between Worlds, and things like that, um, sitting on their couch. They yeah. just play it instead of a console game. Whereas I actually use it on the move, but I'm very rare to it. And, and you know, I, I don't think this can be stressed enough. A lot of the Vita games now, and especially anything from Plus, needs to authenticate online. So I can't play them on the move anyway. Yeah, that's the problem as well. If I don't have a Wi-Fi all- connection... <laughs> yeah, because everybody used the was it they had the three G setting on it? That was well, but the three G setting it turns out might authenticate, but it will not allow for wireless consistent yeah. connections. And it was a data plan that was pathetic. It was like a hundred megabytes or something a month. And so, um, and I guess it had a SIM card in there. That's how they do it. And I guess if somebody figures out the phone number, they can text that phone or that that your Vita incessantly, which is terrible. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so Jeff Gersman, I think, talked about that. How they just grabbed old recycled phone numbers from AT and T, uh, and some of them, you know, like the previous owner who had their phone shut off, you know, hadn't told people, and so text messages kept coming in for that guy on the uh, review copies of the three G Vita. So, yeah, that was a short lived uh, concept, but. Uh, and obviously, <laughs> oh, and Fortingard's talking about the uh, yeah the Walking Fitty. I remember that game. That game was <laughs> awesome. Uh, anyway, <laughs> but uh, yeah, and 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 Funk Junkie's talking about he uses Vita Vita every day on transit to work. I would agree. I I do myself. I play the Vita a lot. Um, but I think we are the exception, not the rule. Because yeah, I, I think that's exactly the point. Because I mean, it's really for people that do a lot of traveling would be really the only sort of main audience for using this, really. Uh, yeah, and I mean, and it's shown some strength with the ability to obviously stream. Yeah. Uh, it's a, an amazing PS4 streaming option. <laughs> um, it really is. Like it works everywhere in my house, pretty lot, rock solid, and and that's because I can control that environment, right? It's gigabit within yeah. my house. Uh, but if you live in a big city, I hear it's not as strong of an option. I live in a, a pretty big house by myself, you know, and uh, and then the other thing that's a big that's a big point uh, to be made is that uh, um, you can use it remotely, but I hear uh, that that's really dependent upon the internet in the hotel you're using it at or the yeah. friend's house you're at, and your internet at home and the way they can all talk to each other. Uh, I have remoted in and played several games. I did some. Uh, with my Vita, I played Assassin's Creed 4. I did some treasure hunting with that. Um, and I, I definitely uh, got one of my high scores in Resogun from my office desk. Uh, but it was very sketchy. It didn't work all the time. And when you lose the connection, if you can't get it back, your PS4 stays on indefinitely if you don't get a chance to shut it down. Now, you can get on the mobile app and do it. But, again, it's cool that these connections exist, but I don't think you're going to pay... What two hundred fifty bucks, two hundred bucks 
for the option to do this. I think the Vita needs to sell itself on its software alone. We're getting a lot of, a lot of people loving the Vita in the chat. <laughs> a lot of people are standing up for it. Yeah, it's a great console. If you have it, it is a great console. I think people really appreciate their Vita, as I do. My Vita comes with me to work every day. I have a messenger bag or man purse, depending on how you want to look at it, and I uh, carry – it's in there every day. Um, and it's, I've got a very protective case. So I, I, I love my Vita, um, and, I, and I treat it well as well. And, and having a mostly digital platform, swapping games is a breeze, which has always been the problem. Uh, I do the same with my 3DS. Um, you know, I, I make sure that all my games are digital, for better or for worse. Um, but uh, what's I, I am curious your thoughts on the claim that there's no games for it because oh. there obviously are games. <laughs> there's plenty, but it's a very. I do think there are somewhat limited audience titles. Yeah, across I, the board, maybe there's not. But I even I kind of debate that too. Kind of, I, I guess may okay maybe if you're like the hardcore Call of Duty shooter guy and that's all you play, then maybe this console isn't for you. But. <laughs> but it's got it's got a bit it's got a bit, like, bit of everything in my opinion. You know, you've got um, you know even like um, because I know John from VGO was um, he he sold his Vita he he was put off his one, which surprises me because there's it does have those kind of niche titles, um, yeah, you know, like the platformers. It's got like you know you can get the Jackson Daxter collection. It has that Tearaway game which I thought was really good um, from mm-hmm. your Molecule. Um, I, I I think console that has a bit and, and the fact there's so, there's such a big download base as well. Um, of virtual titles that you can get from the PSN store, and the fact that you've got the entire PSN PlayStation One store open to you, well, PlayStation One games back catalog open to you, so which you- is pretty, and they look amazing on yeah. that OLED screen. That is that is probably my number one. Uh, uh, I'm pretty much fifty fifty these days playing actual Vita titles, and uh, and doing that. And plus, with PS Plus, it's a very cheap endeavor. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I hate to say it, it's a, it, but it is. It's a low-cost endeavor, uh, not only in the free games you get with it while your Plus is active, but the discounts you get, the rock-bottom discounts. Again, I bought Killzone Mercenaries for 9 bucks, And if you buy something discounted on Plus, whether your Plus is active or not, it continues to be your own game. The second you spend one penny on a discounted Plus title, it, it is yours forever. Which is pretty good to know. Yeah. But, again, I, I don't know. My big thing with the Vita, I still believe, is the fact that um, the fact that uh, people do not want it as a portable device as a whole. I, I, I think portable gaming as a whole suffers somewhat. And then here's the secondary thing, which is why, because everyone can quickly point out the 3DS and, and give me the finger. Um, it also, I still think to this day... Sony has a lot of first-party franchises. I think it's most of its third-party are hard to get general traction. Mm. I I don't I love most of Sony's first-party, but I feel like I'm defending them a lot. People are like, no, nah, Resistance actually uh, that sucked, and I was like, really? Like it always sucked? Yeah, and I'm not too into Ratchet and Clank and. You know, I don't really like platformers much, and da 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 da. And while those might be excuses, if I have to talk you into it, you're not that into that game. You know, do I have to talk anyone into some of the hottest releases? No, you don't. The Last of Us is not a game you talk someone into. The Last of Us is a game that if you don't own a PS3, you talk yourself out of buying the console for. 
You know what I mean? Like it's the only discussion on the table. So I think, I think to me, I think that's 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 the other part of it is that they the 3DS succeeds. You know, and and I guess we can segment segue into it in a minute. But the 3DS succeeds predominantly because its its base platforms are Nintendo products, um, and they work a lot more effectively as portable titles, and uh, and, it, and it holds more traction for uh, the hardcore than Sony's first party, especially the first party on the Vita. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Uh, any other thoughts? Agree? Disagree? I don't know. Well, no, I definitely, I agree, definitely agree with those points. The only thing I was going to mention, actually, is the, I think one, the, one thing to the Vita's detriment is the ridiculously overpriced memory cards. Um, the, well, because you mm-hmm. know, well, at least You're at right. the moment, you, know, you go up to, at least, I think, I know they do, they are bringing out a 64 gigabyte one in Japan if it's not out. For a hundred dollars. <laughs> for a hundred dollars, yeah. It's, it's just, I think that really damages the console, actually. I think if those memory cards, well, personally, I think they should have a, they should have a better memory system on this console anyway, but, um, Whatever you call it, it's already built into the system. I just want to be like Sony. Come on, it's micro SD. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much <laughs> just, yeah. just, just pull the fucking trigger. Give us an adapter. It's fine. We use the adapter on the the PlayStation Portable for the uh, memory card pros because you tried that shit on there too. Just give us an adapter and let us use micro SD. It's not that big a deal. Yeah. That, that that may help. But I don't think it would. I don't think it would still push consoles though. I don't think um, them changing. No, because people have bought. No, and and Funk Junkie's talking about Borderlands Two again. Tempting. Ironically enough, most of us who are hardcore gamers have already played it and probably yeah. won't pick it up. I don't think it'll move consoles. I think it goes back to what we said before. It's it's a sidestep or a misstep to get these console releases. Borderlands is a 40-hour game that requires your attention most of the time. Why in the world would you want to do that between bus stops? Maybe you would, but maybe yeah. you wouldn't. I can see the appeal of Borderlands too, um, but at least with the Vita's design, because it has that kind of, you know, the, the, I mean, you said in V-Team recently, like that Diablo kind of feel to it. You know, just kind of, you know, just do a quick quest here and there, but... Um, but yeah, I don't know. But I, I don't. Again, it it won't sell the console. It's not going to shift it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, like I said, um, it's interesting. Uh, we'll see, and we'll see if this price drop helps. But I think, at, at a certain extent, and I, I've said this before, same thing with the Wii U. It, you get to a point where a price drop's just not going to convince people, and it, it it weaves into, oh well, it's cheap, and no one can sell it. That's why they've dropped the price. No one wants to buy it, you know. So you've got to kind of skate that line. Mm. But uh, anyway, um, but uh, uh, so next up, the 3DS. Let's talk about this one. So. Real sketchy release, right? It comes out. Uh, some idiots like myself pay two hundred and fifty bucks for it. Um, doesn't have the strongest design. Real weak screen. Shitty battery. Uh, has some decent titles though. I think right out of the gate, my favorite title from launch was Street Fighter Four. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I no, I, I, I like say. that. I, I enjoy that. Yeah, it's it's a good version of it. Um, but I thought the 3DS always had consistently strong titles. You know, there were some there were some unfortunates. Epic Mickey 2, which should have been the Castle of Illusion we wanted yeah. sequel, but it was terrible, um, and things like that. But I think for the most part, both third party and first party were pretty cool on that. Even though there was a better version on the Vita, even Snake Eater 3D was kind of cool, right? Yeah. And even though the 3D's gone, it's, it's a gimmick you can completely abandon. So smart for Nintendo to do that. 
and uh, the games are compatible in both ways. So I I usually don't do stuff in 3D, and I completely don't mind. And I like the fact that if I ever change my mind, literally on the fly, I can just slide that bar up, and boom, I'm rocking 3D. It's it's optional as well. Yeah. Uh, I think the price point was super smart. I think Nintendo found a perfect price point with 170. Uh, I, I also think that the 3DS XL, which I now have, is amazing. Um, and I think uh, giving people a bunch of old Nintendo games was a perfect idea because only Nintendo can pull that off, right? Only Nintendo 20 Nintendo games from our past feels like a real bargain, and it did feel like a real bargain to me. I probably would have paid the same price for a bundle like that were they to release it. Mm. Um, especially for the games they, they did put out there, especially the Game Boy Advance. There was a Fire Emblem game in there that was really good, Metroid Fusion. You know, I mean, there were some good games. Mm. So, Maybe I just get the X, but, yeah, but I've only got the standard one still, <laughs> the smaller one. Well, and it still works. I mean, it was like with the DS. I had a I had an old clamshell DS that didn't even have backlighting, I think. Oh, it did, but it was really dim. Um, for a long time. I mean, it still works. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, at 170 200 bucks, especially bundled with a game now, the game bundles are coming back, and I like yeah. this. I'd like to see consoles bundled with games again. I think it really is a system seller, and I think today's consumers deserve it. Um, but, I, again, I really just think it continues to do what it always does, which is build up a strong Nintendo library, but as opposed to the Wii U, it also has a pretty decent third-party following. And I've been continually impressed, even though you have to kind of scour them like a mobile uh, store, uh, with the uh, the quality of uh, some of the, the digital games out there. Yeah, yeah. It's, well, you know, a bit like what we said um, a little bit earlier, the, you know, there's... It's, with the uh, occasion of anyone in Japan, there there are stuff coming. There's, there is games coming out on the eStore, which are worth playing. Mm-hmm. You mentioned you mentioned a while ago the is it Crimson Shroud? The yeah, Crimson Shroud. That's the one. Yeah, I keep getting that wrong sometimes. Um, um, but, no, it's all good. Um, no, yeah, there, there's some really good stuff worth them um, down. And it's again, it's that kind of like the Vita. It's um, free, but the free does it right, where it lets you put in SD cards. <laughs> you can have to swap them in and out. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> It's, it's really, it's really. There's a lot of stuff to to love on the 3ds. Absolutely, um, it probably has... well, and the games are much smaller too. Yeah. Uh, although I do have a digital version of Street Fighter. Street Fighter's freaking 3.2 gigs. That's huge for a 3ds game. <laughs> <laughs> or no, no, 1.2 gigs. I'm sorry, 1.2 gigs. But huh? still, no that's huge for a 3ds game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um... But uh, yeah, I again, I uh, I do like uh, I, I do like what the 3DS has done. But I, I think its its strength is finding the right. It found the right. This is the strength for any console. But it found the right price point, mm. combined with a decent library of both first and third party. And the digital stuff is filler because I really don't think that's a system mover. I don't know. But it, so. but it is there, and and there is some quirky, cool stuff. Like I like I said, things like Crimson Shroud. Um, are, are some of the coolest new experiments. And Level 5 just recently did another one. Uh, I forgot what it's called, but it's where you play the blacksmith for RPG uh, heroes, and you, you make their swords for them, and your whole game is making RPG heroes their <laughs> swords. And then you follow their Twitter feed, or, or their version of a Twitter feed, it's to find out how the sword's faring in their adventure. I think that's so awesome. <laughs> that's pretty good, yeah. <laughs> I'm actually I'm day one for that one. So. So yeah, so, so it's it's out now. I think it's seven bucks or something. So uh, you can go look for it, but look at the new and hot or something. Mm. Uh, but it's by level five, and, and you can't miss it. But uh, 
Yeah, they, and they do some cool, weird digital stuff as well. Uh, Trees is always helping me with this stuff. Trees was talking about, uh, uh, did you ever play Chibi Robo on the GameCube? I rings a bell. Um, you may want to look this one up, Jam. You'd like this. This is a game where you basically play like a robot, a small robot in like a conventional home, and you do all these kind of crazy tasks, uh, you know, kind of as like a small guy in a big, you know, world or whatever and it was just kind of like a, a kind of puzzle platformer game almost but it was it was kind of fun and and it was you know a robot interacting with appliances anyway they made a portable version of it for like 10 bucks on the 3ds and it just came out yeah so, but uh, it sounds crazy <laughs> so. yeah so if you get a chance go into the store check out chibi robo i also got to give credit lots of demos you can demo yeah. many games before you play them which is uh which is also fantastic but again because they found this happy medium where, like, Square is making original stuff like Brave, Bravely Default, and obviously there are some decent ports and things like that, um, plus Nintendo's hitting hard with its stuff, it's pretty fascinating. And you can see that that, that phenomenon is kicking on uh, along with the, uh, the the apparent death of the Wii U. It's all coming together to assist in uh, in really expanding that library, so... And of course, they put a fucking Pokemon game out on it. That yep. that helps you a lot. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, I don't know. Any final thoughts on the 3DS? No. Well, it's, it's just it amazes me that the um, I guess the 3DS because it still um, I guess it, it proves that the Nintendo fan base is still alive and well. And um, I, I see loads of people with 3DSs these days. Whenever you go to a convention, everybody is doing that Street Pass thing. So yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry, yeah, I think that's still popular. So. I don't know. Nintendo with that and the Miiverse, somehow they get really dedicated fans that way. And it's it's interesting to me because I've, I've never bought into it. Um, but also, uh, I think what this proved was that, you know, Nintendo was always champion of the portables. Yeah. Straight through history from the Game Boy till now. And the 3DS looked like it was their first misstep. And while I will admit they had a launch misstep, they proved that they can rein that shit in and bring it right back up to speed. And they did it within six months. And so I, uh, you know, I... Uh, and and the virtual boy wasn't a portable before you guys all start talking about it um but uh, but yeah and so i think that proves that nintendo still knows mobile gaming right does nintendo care much about what's going on on ios no and neither do 3ds owners and i think that's important so but uh and it's not just a kids game obviously you know i mean it's uh you know i mean the 2ds does exist and it's an interesting concept but i think the 3ds is really still a jack of all trades so um, all right, let's talk about the Wii fucking you. <laughs> it's a good title. <laughs> what a polarizing console yeah. this is. Um, so the Wii U comes out. Uh, it, it was one of those things, right, like we'd seen before with the DS and the Wii mm-hmm. and the GameCube. Mm-hmm. Like, what the fuck is Nintendo thinking? <laughs> the name's stupid tablet's not really going to catch on is it right and then by then the ipad came out and steve jobs was like okay let me tell you what this can do that the uh, what the ipad 2 can do that the wii u can't okay here we go um and you couldn't like leave the room with it and i know why they did that even if they were capable of it i'm not convinced that they were uh they had to you know not kill the 3ds as they're trying to build it up you remember i mean it was a slippery slope when they were repairing the 3ds and bringing out the wii u all at the same time um, and I think flat out Nintendo did not have a strong list of games they were prepared to release first party on that on that console yet when they released it. And that's the mistake. 
In the interest of being first, they (laughs) fucked up. Even the GameCube didn't make that mistake. Um, And I think that's where they lost it. And I think their second problem was they counted on all of those Wii players to be there. And we had been saying since the day the Wii came out, and you can go back and listen to the Me and Trees doing the GH101 on the Wii, the brunt of people who bought that console were not dedicated uh, were not dedicated players. They just weren't. It's like the Wii Sports people, that was kind of it, really. And then just sat in the corner. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they shouldn't be surprised. Um... But it's not a bad console. I mean, I'm going to say this first and foremost. But I have to caveat it, right? It's not a bad console for a Nintendo showing that it feels last gen, that has only normal graphics, that has shitty load times, <laughs> and it needs to be 250 bucks, or I wasn't going to pull the trigger on it, right? <laughs> That's a problem. <laughs> and I think... So you tell me, but I think Nintendo's two largest issues, uh, and I don't know what their solution is. Again, I wrote that article where I don't know what the solution is, but any of the shit that people have been thinking of are not correct. (laughs) But its biggest issues is they have no justification for the tablet anymore, to the point that Nintendo first-party games like Donkey Kong Country, Tropical Freeze, and and Mario Kart 8 do not even use it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and again, just so people are, uh, know clearly, especially with Donkey Kong, the reason that it does that is because the system cannot... It, it actually is a strong game that uses really strong graphical prowess, and it's taxing on the Wii U. It can't generate both signals at the same time, kind of like a 3D image, and keep a consistent frame rate. So Retro opted to make you pick either the tablet or the uh, HDMI just because it needed a single output in order to yeah. consistently keep a frame rate. So... And it's terrible at online. My Wi-Fi gets lost all the time. Yeah, me to mine too. Even though it's like right next to the router. So. Yeah, mine is too. So it's like, yeah, no, that's not the problem. Um, but yeah, I, I think the biggest problems with the Wii U is it doesn't know who it's for. Yeah. It has no idea what to do with its tablet controller. They need to just like rest that one. Just start putting... Uh, well, again, here I am trying to t- tell them what they need to do. But they need to either start releasing things that justify that tablet, which I do think might be a problem because people won't want to buy it. Um, and, uh, and, and and they really need to get their shit together with uh, third party. Yeah. Uh, which means maybe the third party is all lost. But there are some strong properties that are kind of second party, like Bayonetta 2 and X and stuff like that, that are starting to come into their own. Plus, you know, Tropical Freeze came out, which even though it didn't sell very well, it is a very rock-solid game. Uh, Mario 3D Land, these digital stuff, NES Remix is a great thing, and it's like, why did you just figure this out now? But I fear it's too little too late. And Tiger Claw's talking about how the second screen is very useful. Hey, it's more useful for me than anywhere. On the main TV where my daughter watches My Little Pony, my second screen works for my console downstairs so I can play Earthbound. That is so useful. So, yeah, it's extremely useful, but it's not going to sell the console. And, again, I feel like it's too little too late. I don't know if this console is salvageable. Yeah, it's just, and it's a shame, really. Um, I mean, I think uh, that, that article you wrote was really, really good, which I recommend everyone in the chat check out, actually. Um, because it, it, it touches on those those areas that, you know, I don't understand why people keep moaning about, but uh, despite... Even though 
the problems that the Wii U has, it's still, you know, there's still not a, a, like a light at the end of the tunnel, really, for this console. It's still really struggling. And, um, you know, even, even um, John Jacobson, um, VGO, despite his Wii U love, everybody, if anyone's listened to his shows recently, <laughs> even he rebits that, you know, that nobody's, nobody's buying it, really. That's a shame, really. Um, I mean, I, I well, personally, yeah, these... I, I've got a Wii. i got a really, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, uh, well... All I was going to say, Nintendo claimed that the, the Wii criticisms and, and downplay from the media is part of it. And uh, Koban Heat, which is uh, Chris from uh, Wired, Chris Kohler from Wired.com, best said it. And uh, I retweeted it to, uh, earlier today. Um, let me see if I've got it right here. Uh, oh, I think I saw that. Yeah, it's like, um, about yeah, no, sorry. I do not agree that negative reports about Wii U cause its sales problems any more than I agree that puddles cause rain. <laughs> yeah um and so so again you know I, I i think the apologists and the enthusiasts makes it even less like you want to buy it right how do you feel whenever anyone's like no this is gonna be the fucking sonic game that's gonna bring it back <laughs> you're like oh that poor soul well let's let him jump into the fire and i think that's what everybody's thinking when john really goes to bat for the wii his love being blind actually discourages people, right? Because people are like, I'm not going to be that fucking dedicated. I'm not going to sit here and say it's better than a Xbox One. Like, and, and he didn't necessarily say that. It's just that in his experience, and I do believe he meant what he said. He wasn't just stirring oh, up no, shit. Yeah. That in his limited experience with the consoles, that was his opinion. And I believe that. But at the same time, you say something like that, and it discourages people even more. Somebody's like, do I want to be that one? <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. You know, and again, the the other problem is they they just can't get games out fast enough, which is fine. But then, just you should have sat on the system. Imagine if it launched with 3D Land and Pikmin know. Three, and maybe Donkey Kong. I don't know something else. Day okay, one, and they announced Earthbound comes with every. Oh, and Wind Waker HD or something. And the Earthbound comes with everything. I mean, you would really see that sell. Earthbound still to this day, which blows me away, is like one of the top-selling virtual console games. I really didn't think that was going to sell, and I was completely wrong. Mm. So, it's 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 interesting, but the, the I don't know what the answer is, and I guess we'll just have to wait and see. In the meantime, you and I have pulled the trigger on a Wii U, so it's no longer our concern <laughs> how the console does. We just get to sit here and see... You know, I, I was on board. If nothing else comes out, other than Bayonetta 2 better fucking come out. But if nothing else comes out, you know, I'm, I think I'm pretty good. You know, we're just, okay. You know, I've, yeah. I've often said, if, if I get three games out of a console, it's a win. Well, I currently have 12 games for the Wii U, and I enjoyed... That's more than me. Seven of them. Uh, seven. <laughs> so far. <laughs> now, that's not counting digital, but oh. retail releases. Yeah, retail releases. I've enjoyed seven, I've hated three, and I haven't played two. So, there you go. So, um, And that Nintendo Land? Not too fucking shabby, if I do say so myself. Yeah, that's a great... So, that's a, that, that is a shame. Well, that's a great packing game. Um, the... Yeah, and I, I got the Wind Waker, obviously, HD bundle. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, of course, Nintendo Land is like ten bucks everywhere around here. So, uh, at GameStop and stuff. So, that was pretty easy. But, anyway... Uh, I don't know anything. Any other thoughts on on the Wii U? I do think that a lot of the things people are saying on how to fix Nintendo, as that article does, yeah, suggest, are missteps. That people are thinking. Everyone thinks they're a fucking game designer these days. Know, yeah. Well, you're not. 
And uh, Nintendo got by pretty fucking good without you, and I think they should continue to. Um, having said that, feel free to go read that article, and I'd love to hear anyone's feedback, good, bad, or indifferent, uh, yeah. in the comments. So, it's pretty much that article that made me buy the Wii U, actually, which is interesting. So. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but, uh, plus, uh, plus I didn't that intend bad. that, but... <laughs> uh. But no, no, it's, I, I quite... I, I mean, in the moment, I, I actually generally do like the console, um, I'm, but I'm not defending it either, and I'm not saying... I'm not sold, I'm not fanboying over it and saying, like, it's better than um, next-gen systems. It's not... Um, but I, I like it for what it is. Um, I guess a lot of it has to do with that, you know, I'm a gamer and I collect sort of stuff, so... Um, I a bit like how eventually I'll, I'll eventually have the other consoles, but I really I, yeah I, I don't mind it. And just like you, I'm, I'm kind of uh, I'm repeating the same quote you just said, Fred. Even if they don't release anything else for it, I'm satisfied. I think I've you know I'm good. <laughs> you know it's good. You know that the games I've got on it are fine. Um, but I'm I think that you know Nintendo. They even said in Smartphones recently they they're not gonna they're not just they're not they're not not supporting it. They're still gonna bring out some stuff for it uh, from the, on the horizon. Um, even if that just happens to be the, you know, the Mario Kart or the um, Smash Brothers, which doesn't really impress me that much. But, um, no, no, I'm not a Smash Brothers guy. We might be surprised. What I do think is interesting, and I guess I'll use this to segue into the next console, which is the PS4. I'm doing this in sequential order of when they released, other than Vita. I don't know why I started with Vita, but I just did. Um, but uh, the, the other interesting thing about... Uh, about this is the new consoles coming out and having almost no games other than their launch lineups did mean that I was like itching to spend money on something and Nintendo had some decent bundle deals around the holidays for the yeah. Wii and, and like a lot of their software so it kind of got to that point where it was like eh, you know what for four or five games on my new console that aren't getting released I can pick up you know Wii U <laughs> and so that's kind of how it worked. <laughs> So had they consistently had releases on the PS4 and the Xbox One, I think it might have also uh, consistently had big releases like we typically see and will probably see starting like this holiday season and moving forward. I think this is going to be a huge E3. Um, you know, you don't have that expendable income sitting around anymore, right? It's going to get harder for Nintendo to sell those consoles going into this holiday season as the, the Xbox One and the PS4 pick up speed. And they better be fucking ready for that, too. I do not want to be in Nintendo's shoes right now on the console front, is oh, all I can yeah. say for that. You know, Iwata's like, do we got anything? Anything? <laughs> fucking Shigs. Shigs, put the, put the kitty down. Let's, let's make a console, man. Damn. We haven't done shit in five years. <laughs> but uh, anyway... Uh, and by Shigs, I mean Shigeru Miyamoto, just yeah. in case you guys didn't know what I meant. Uh, but uh, anyway, um, so now, the PS4. Sans one Jack Tretton, but it is uh, making the most waves. The PS4 is the easy sell right now, right? Yeah. Ever since that E3 announcement that it was yeah. 400 bucks versus the <laughs> Xbox One's 500 bucks, oh, it's over, right? It's the fucking Saturn. I've said this story so many times, I won't re-say it again, but it's the fucking Saturn versus the PlayStation all over again. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. It was just... It, it still to this day baffles me, and we'll get to that when I rant about Microsoft, and I will not go on long. You guys have already heard some of this stuff before anyway, um, on Microsoft's front at least. And I did an entire podcast about it, so we don't have to worry about it. You can go back and listen to a previous GHX. But, uh, but yeah, like I said, uh, it's 400 bucks. It was bare bones. It was, you know, it, it, has, it plays discs. It has uh, superior hardware. I mean, it just does, guys. I'm sorry. Um, not by much, but it does, and obviously it's performing better right now uh, because it's not doing much other than playing games. 
Yeah. And for better or for worse, that seems to be an easy sell. Also, it doesn't hurt that with PlayStation Plus, they're keeping you booting up the console, right? With these little indie games. What do you think they paid for Outlast exclusivity, even if it's timed? Or really just to have it. Did you notice any of these indie games that are coming out up to and including Octodad? These were like PC games that weren't really going to come out on the PS4. They kind of helped them with the port. Probably gave them, you know, a money hat of some kind, 50k, 100k or something, to just make it the plus game of the month. And, I mean, they just print money, man. Yeah. Every month there's a new indie game that goes come get this come get this come get this and they also indoctrinate you into the new ps4 multiplayer plan it's genius very smart and i i think that's i, I think that's why it's selling i mean yeah. i mean Sweet. flat out and it also um, you created the aggressive fanboy <laughs> again from that older area um yeah the fanboyism is really coming back in general yeah <laughs> so like more so like we we like if you were a sony fanboy and the ps3 came out you kind of just like got your ass kicked and yeah. you just like took it um this this generation both xbox one fans and P- ps4 pan- fans man i mean it's like gridiron gears now there is some faith being lost with microsoft and the xbox one which we'll get to in yeah. a minute yeah. but i still think that a pri- a, a majority of xbox one players are still Happy with what they've got and proud of their console and stand up for their, their manufacturer. Microsoft spent eight strong years with the 360 convincing them that this was the company they wanted to stand by. And I really hope they don't piss that away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, hopefully not. We'll see. <laughs> so, but, uh, but, yeah, I don't know. Six million units to date, I think, on the PS4? Something like that, yeah. Nice. It's, it's doing, yeah, doing better, so... Yeah, nice, not too shabby. They're starting to show up in stores. Um, again, it's it's a troubled release schedule. And I do think that in the long run, Sony's first party is going to make or break it, right? Because it's, yeah. it's a differentiator. And most of its stuff is never going to hit PC, where whether Microsoft likes it or not, they're predominantly tethered and going to have to concede to the PC. Yeah. You know, I mean, we've already seen it with Titanfall, and I, I think people will continue to make those concessions. Whereas Sony, if it's first party, Second Son ain't never coming out on anything else. The only problem I see there is lukewarm response on God of War, which was their bread and butter. And I still, people to this day, it was so amazing to me. You go back and listen to 2009, Infamous could not get off of people's tongues. But then you go now, and people are like, oh, I never really played the first one. I don't know if I played the second one. We got it for free, but I didn't really play it. I don't know if I really care. Knack's already not getting yeah. good, Breeze. And that game's not that good. And people who play it for two hours and go, oh, that game's good. I don't understand. Just just keep with it, man. Just keep with it. Get about five hours in and then start dying over and over again and tell yourself you will not stop till you beat this game. You'll suddenly see why Knack doesn't hold up. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? But it's coming. I just really hope that things like the Order 1886 and some of the other first-party stuff is going to really capture people, you know? And that's why I see stuff like Drive Club, and I'm like, fucking go back to square one, because you guys you guys need to get this right the first time, because that will break them, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And the PlayStation 4 has a lot to account for up against Titanfall, and you cannot talk about this debate right now without Titanfall. Oh, yeah, that's what you know? the game, so yeah. And Red Sox fan is saying PS4 should have a great future. Yes, I do need to, I need to preface this with, I think both of these consoles have a great future. 
You know, oh, yeah. no one loses here. There is no true console war. Everybody makes money. Everybody, both of these companies are making money hand over fist, even though they are different strategies. And Microsoft, in my opinion, is handling it like shit. It doesn't stop Microsoft from making money. <laughs> so, um, again, these aren't doomed. I'm just curious to see the strategy of both of them. And that's where Sony needs to build up. Sony needs to combat Titanfall and... Saying wait for Titanfall 2 is not an answer. And they also need to entice with their first party. And that's the two things that they need. Uh, Damien, uh, sorry, Damien. Um, Andy's saying Boo Fred, uh, Knack is a decent game. It is a decent game. It is a decent game. And he said, I'm currently stuck on the last boss. It's a decent game, but it, it, it is not a amazing game. I would say Dead Rising 3 is a much stronger launch title. Um, and again, we'll get back to that old debate. Well, I don't like Dead Rising. <laughs> well, fine. You know what? Fine. <laughs> but uh, anyway, um, I don't know. Uh, any? Oh, and the 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 Dual Shock Four, I think, is really what helped people come around too. Uh, whoever made that controller, yeah. bravo, buddy! You got a 360 yeah. player to actually give a shit about your controller. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, so. Oh no, Doom Plague is playing the 3DS game. He says the Castlevania 3DS game is offensive. Damn it, I just bought that and I'm gonna be starting it because I wanna play it before Lords of Shadow. No, Mirror of Fate's gotta be a good game. I guess we'll see if I agree, but I don't know, Doom Plague and I tend to agree on stuff. Anyway. Um, but again, yeah, Sony, Sony is coasting, right? I think the best thing, and I've said this on the B team before, is that Sony does nothing and wins. Yeah, I know. And so for right now, Ride that fucking wave, brothers. <laughs> you don't have Jack Tretton, though, and it's not going to be a Sony press conference without him. I will pay a Kickstarter to have Jackie T just come out and do that presentation. <laughs> I feel like he's my buddy. I feel like he invited me over to his palatial mansion and, you know, offered me a beer on his back porch. He never did, but I somehow love him. <laughs> but anyway. Uh, and last but not least, let's talk about the Xbox One. So, uh, so the Xbox One, uh, more expensive. Yep. Has a peripheral, not oh, that usable. I know, I know, TV, 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 <laughs> Call of Duty, Call of Duty. Anyway, um. Oh. <laughs> uh, Xbox One fanboys like to go, well, let's stop talking about resolution. No, man, resolution gate is all the fucking press can talk about. Like, they need to address that issue. Because the console with the hardware packed into it, should be able to go toe-to-toe, or at least damn close at the same resolution with the PS4, and it simply cannot. And whether that's a development studio problem, or in my opinion, how the operating system is utilizing the system resources, I bet that's it. they got to fix it. Because uh, performance-wise, the, the PS4 is killing it. And uh, you'd think people don't care. And I've said myself, I don't notice much of a difference. I don't care that The Last of Us is 720p. I don't care. Some of the most gorgeous games of last generation were 720p, and nobody seemed to notice. Right, you know, um, So that's not that big a deal, but people will not ignore it. The, the, the gamers, even some of the non-gamers, do not ignore that shit. You know? And it's an easy headline, right? Even if you don't know anything about tech... Or if you're not a hardcore gamer, when you read Watch Dogs 1080p on P- – well, I don't know if Watch Dogs is, so let's find one that we do <laughs> know is a different one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think it was Call of Duty's Ghosts. Call of Duty Ghosts 1080p on PS4 and 900p on the Xbox One. 
I think the same was true for uh, Battlefield, but maybe not. I don't know. Tomb Raider, I think, did it too. Tomb Raider, I think, was the most definitive one so far. The definitive edition. Uh, 1080p on PS4 <laughs> and 900p on uh, on Xbox One. And, uh, and, and it ran at a consistent, you know, more like 30 frames on Xbox One and 60 frames on PS4. So, you know, um, it's, it's a problem. And I think software is, uh, is definitely going to be, oh, see, we've already got some fanboy chat going on already. I love it. And I love it for the record. I think the fanboy stuff is fucking amazing. Yeah. I want I want to awesome. see I'm going to walk by a school someday and see a kid getting his ass beat over his opinion over which console's better and I'm sorry that's going to be a good day cuz that rings nostalgia true. I don't think kids should beat the shit out of each other or anything like that and in today's society his parents will probably sue the other kids parents and he'll make a bunch of money but I want to see that again. I want to see that just blind rage that, you know, came out with the Super Nintendo and the Genesis. And I think that, I think that, that fanboyism returning is exactly why we're going to see that, that console wars movie, you know, that, that, that Sony has agreed to make that's based off of the book of the Genesis versus the SNES. You know, I think it's, it's very interesting that that's, you know, kind of having a resurgence. Um, because I mean, library-wise, they're almost the same, right? Yeah, very, very similar. Like, do, do these indie games really sell it? Most of my friends who have PS4s don't play the indie games; they just like to talk about it. Well, apart from the ones they're given for free on the PS Plus, then yeah. Even those, I don't know a lot of people who played through them. I always ask people, I'm like, "Did you beat Contrast? No, no. <laughs> Outlast? I don't like scary games. Okay, well, what about? I don't know. I forgot what the other one. Oh, I was like, what about? Uh, don't starve. Yeah, roguelikes. You know, it's like, it's all that shit. It's, it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so the Xbox One has that problem. There's all the entertainment apps. It's running a lot of OSs. It's, they, I think another big misstep, they completely undid the infrastructure for, not the infrastructure, they completely undid all the templates for social gaming that they established on the 360. They took it all away on the Xbox One, and it's coming back. But why did we need Titanfall, which clearly is the whole reason they 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 probably would have wanted to launch the Xbox One along with Titanfall because it would have had even more traction than it does now. They clearly put everything off till then, right? And everything else was just like prototype style launch games. I don't know. I, I they need to get all that stuff in place, but it's coming. And then let's talk about the nine hundred pound elephant in the room. Yep, fucking Titanfall. Titanfall is amazing. E4 I have been playing the shit out of it on my on my PC, mind you. But uh, you know, and I I go ahead, go ahead, guys, go ahead and say I'm not first person shooter guy. It's <laughs> multiplayer only, all that stuff. No, these are valid points. It just doesn't matter though. In the grand scheme of things, it just doesn't matter. The same way. Call of Duty has managed to outperform almost everybody year after year, even though you're not a first-person shooter guy. That is going crazy. <laughs> even though you didn't buy it. <laughs> uh, Titanfall is a is a killer app, and let's hope Microsoft doesn't fuck it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's what. Well, well hopefully not, because um, well, I, I haven't actually because you've played Titanfall, Fred. I haven't played Titanfall, so I can't really speak for it. But you know, you should. 
<laughs> oh yeah, I know, I know. I'll get there. So, you're you're actually having an interesting debate. So you know, and I know we got to wrap this up, but an interesting thing to talk about, right? Is you justifiably so are going back and forth, and maybe there isn't a debate in your eyes. Maybe you've already made a decision, but uh, but right now, you know, it's like, do you make a gaming PC? That can support Titanfall, but obviously supports many others. Or do you get an Xbox One? I mean, the argument is there, and the Xbox One is the cheaper option. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, yeah, <laughs> that's, 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 that's the debate, though, is there? Oh no! Now, now I've got now I've got James thinking. No, but you know, I mean, it's it really is a it's it's a it's an interesting concept for the person who doesn't. Who didn't, you know, we didn't really know until now, and maybe you're still not convinced, you know, you or anyone else out there, that, uh, that Titanfall is for you. Well, but I think yeah. for a vast majority of us, it, it, you know, it is, and it's tempting. And so you suddenly start going, do I, do I need a gaming rig, or do I need an Xbox One, or both, or neither, or what, you know? Well, I know I'll end up with both eventually. Um, it's just like you said, it's which which you go with first. Um, I guess I'm more sort of tailored. I'm thinking more the PC way, more for the fact that I've just got a just a crap ton of games which I just can't play on my crappy laptop. So I need to buy something that I can play them on. So. <laughs> yeah, that's the conversation. Yeah, I, uh... <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but I do, and, and what, uh, to be clear. What I'm talking about is the Microsoft market perception is shit. They're not getting their shit together. They're undoing the infrastructure. And everything that ever comes out about Microsoft is predominantly bad. They're moving around leadership. Things are kind of unclear. And Phil Spencer is not convincing me. There's something about him that doesn't rub me the right way yet. Give me time, Phil. (laughs) Give me time. There were many before you. And I, you know, I really liked Peter Moore. Can we get him back? I, I, or the British guy. You know what? Let's have the British guy that used to be a PlayStation guy talk to me. Phil Harrison. <laughs> let's just bring him back. I, I don't know. I don't know yet about, you know, about, uh, uh, what's his face? Uh, Phil Spencer. Mm-hmm. Right? Is it Phil Spencer? I think so. Yeah, Phil Spencer. Yeah, I think that's him. Um, but uh, what I mean by don't fuck it up is you've sold the killer app on Titanfall. What's in the future? Yeah. Yeah. What what first party do they have to lean on? I don't need Lionhead to make an HD remake of Fable 2. I'm good, guys. Halo, Halo 2 collection <laughs> is not going to oh, do it. Halo 5 is, is almost clearly 2015 holiday season at this point. And Gears, Gears of War made by Black Tusk didn't exactly tweak my balls. I don't know about you. <laughs> By the way, for those wondering, yes, we did have to start late because the previous show went a little long. We will be wrapping up. With, we will be done in less than five minutes. Sorry, guys. Sorry, VGO. Nope. Uh, Sorry. The, the flight before us was delayed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know what? It's, Derek's talking about Killer Instinct. Uh, again, it's, it's a niche title, but Killer Instinct. Uh, excellent, excellent game. Um, actually, I'm, okay. I'm, not, I'm but, not a huge KI fan. Sorry, guys. Uh, I played it. No, that's fine. I played it at the conventions, but it didn't, didn't grab me. Um, well, it's fair. You know what? You have a right to have a wrong opinion. I I totally respect that. And no, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> no, uh, Killer Instinct is it was a pretty shitty fighting franchise, but that doesn't stop me from liking it. <laughs> and this new one, I guess, is okay. Uh, obviously, it got picked up by Evo, but it doesn't stop me from liking it either way. I'm not going to defend it. Go your free characters. Yeah, right. <laughs> Saber Wolf for the win until Jago comes back. Uh, but, uh, you know, I don't know, um, 
Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I want, I need to see Xbox do some cool stuff. But you know what? Again, Phil Spencer is saying, just you wait. We're going to blow you away at E3. And you know, I almost want to believe him. If he doesn't wear yeah, a fucking indie logo t-shirt under a blazer, and he comes out like a true professional and kind of pulls the Jack Tratton thing and talks to us instead of down to us from his ivory tower, but also doesn't try to pretend he's one of us, I, I could get warm on it. And uh, depending on what they announce at E3 and coming forward... You know, I mean, those exclusives can start to sell it. You know, really can. So, I don't know. I don't know. But for now, I'm not sold on the Xbox One. Um, and, I, again, the Titanfall deal is probably their biggest flaw, especially because you guys watch. I bet the 360 version will come out and look pretty damn good. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what pretty I'm damn well. I'm sorry to say, but I think it's going to do that. And you're already starting to see messaging from Microsoft that suggests that. They're like, well, actually, guys, this 360 version is pretty badass. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the reason they're doing that is because they've milked as much as they can out of the Xbox One, and now it's trying to make a successful game out of the rest. Um, but, uh, but yeah, uh, anyway, uh, so I, I guess we'll have to see, you know, kind of where that, where that goes. Um, but I bet two years ago when Respawn made the deal with Microsoft that Titanfall would be an exclusive, and they said, let's tether on PC. PC didn't have the presence it does now, now that the consoles are getting a little too similar and people are a little too slow at pulling the trigger on them that I think that Titanfall being on PC is a much bigger deal now than it ever was when that deal was written. And you know who won on that? Yeah. EA and Respawn, but hey, we'll see. Yeah, yeah. But now we've got itchy trigger, trigger fingers, we, everyone waiting for us to <laughs> wrap up. So um, real quick, you can check us out at GamingHistory101.com <laughs> What? Jam? What? Hello? I <laughs> anything. Oh. oh, okay, sorry, I thought I heard you saying something. Anyway, we're at GamingHistory101.com, and uh, you can check us out there for articles. You can see some of uh, all of our articles, reviews, and write-ups. You can contribute, things like that. we got fun stuff going. Plus, I've got a really long, interesting uh, Doom versions video that's taking a little bit longer than I would have liked uh, to make, but it, it'll, it'll come out soon. Um, yes, yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, also, you can catch us here on All Games every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We are typically on time and not bogging down VGO. And uh, and obviously, you can download the podcast. We're on Stitcher, iTunes, uh, everything under the sun. And then there is a Podbean site that you can check out. Um, I am at Spiders Venom on Twitter. Jam, you're at Jam Elias, right? On Twitters? Yep, that's one. Okay, we m- Okay. Just making sure. Uh, and uh, and that's at uh, J-A-M-A-L-A-I-S. And uh, without further ado, I think we'll call it. Don't forget that it's Shmup Appreciation Month, so play all the shmups you can and uh, be prepared for that game club. If you want the five games that are part of that game club, I will not recite them here. They have been on many episodes, and we'll recite them next week. Uh, without further ado, thank you, TC. Thank you, Chatters. Thank you, All Games. Thank you, VGO, for giving us five minutes. Thank you, uh, Derek. And uh, we're going to peace out. Have a good night. Peace. Okay, we're off the air. Let's see. Oh, whoop. I better stop the recording.